All right. Thank you, Chris. He, uh, he was temp- teasing me that he might have a few stories to tell. We've, uh, we've got a few stories to tell on each other uh, through the years that we've uh, had some interesting conversations and a lot of fun times, and our families have gotten close, so I appreciate Chris. Uh, and I do want to thank the elders for what they've done uh, for supporting the work in Lewistown. Uh, he was very right on the money there that we have several congregations in, in Montana that are supporting the work financially, and uh, that makes the difference. It really does, and we, we really appreciate that. So this morning, I'm going to talk with you for just a few brief moments about the uh, kind of the work in Lewistown, just very, very shortly, so nothing uh, too long. One little slide, and then you'll have uh, the, the lesson that we'll talk about today. All right, so we'll... Make sure that this clicker is working. All right. And it's working wonderfully. (laughs) Especially if I don't look at my computer and think that the clicker works on my computer. Because it doesn't. Uh, I have to do that by hand. That's why it wasn't changing. (laughs) So uh, the work in Lewistown, it it has grown. And I think uh, 100% God's blessed us with that. And uh, we've got a couple, three different couples, in fact, that have moved away that we have sent to work at other places. And that kind of is a, is a sad feeling, but it's also kind of a neat feeling. You've got one of those couples here. I won't point them out and embarrass them too much, uh, but you should, you should meet the butchers, and I'll just leave it at that. Uh, love them. Uh, got to conduct their wedding here just a few months ago, it seems like, just yesterday. And uh, they're worshiping with you today, and, and get to know them, meet them, neat folks. Uh, their family's a neat part of the work there in Lewistown. So we have moved into a new location. We had to move because the building was too small. So we're now on Main Street. We have a downtown location, and that's pretty cool. Uh, it's not as big as this room, but it's a lot bigger than we had. We have about 70 chairs now, and so there's some Sundays when those are mostly full. We're needing uh, some classrooms to be built in the basement, so we're kind of working on that. Uh, we've got some of our young folks here this this morning, my son is with us, and this Miss Rachel over here from Lewistown, one of the first uh, youth group participants in a long time from Lewistown. So we're very excited about that, to be able to bring kids here and some of my own children, actually. Uh, so we're, we're averaging probably right at 40 on most Sundays, and then there's been Sundays where if we have everybody not traveling and in town, we're looking at about 50 to 60 folks. So that's really neat. Uh, we're, we're ready to see if we need to find another building one day, but we're kind of content where we are right now until things kind of go from there. So that's just a little brief synopsis of the work in Lewistown. If you'd like to know more, let me know. If you don't get our newsletter, we send a newsletter out every two months is what it's become. It used to be every month, but get busier. So about every two months, we send out a newsletter. If you would like to be a part of that, you can get me your email address, and I'll make sure that you are put on that email uh, list. All right, so Family Feud. Now, as we worked on this youth rally, a lot of the speakers got to do some cool stuff with their topics. So they had, you know, things like the Jeopardy. They had cool uh, presentations on the, on the computer. And then I get Family Feud during the worship hour. So I've got to be a little more, you know, reserved. I can't do as much as you, you did uh, in some of the youth rally talks. But just a, just a few things... Uh, to get you into the idea of, of family feud. Because that's my topic today. How can we get along? How does it look to, to be unified in Christ? And the game show. Most of you know the game show. A lot of you folks who are my age, a little older, you remember watching this on TV. Now you can YouTube everything. 
Uh, I think Steve Harvey is the is the new game show host, right? Everybody, yeah, we know who he is. So just a few, just to get you in the mindset of what that was about. Um, he recently was uh, doing this game show, and he had the question. He said, basically, what word, name something that follows the word pork. And so you had the two people on the buzzer, right? They're ready. And the lady hits it. She says, loin. And she actually said it kind of funny. He didn't even understand her. But she, he said, yes, pork loin. And yep, it's on the board. It ding, ding. It ran, ran up on the board. And then the next guy, he didn't, they, she didn't get number one. So he got to guess as well. And he hit his buzzer and said, belly, pork belly. Yeah, that's on there too. And actually, I think it was lower. So she got to take the, uh, the word over to her side. And so they go down the line. She was here. And, and the next guy, it's her brother. And they said, okay, it's, it's your turn. And he looks at him and says, so what do you think? What comes after pork? And he said, cupine. And the guy, Steve Harvey, went, what? He said, cupine. And he was being very animated the way he said it. And Steve Harvey just comes apart. And he said, you mean pork cupine? He said, yeah, that's right, cupine. That comes after pork. Anyway, there you go. That was one of the, uh, the silly ones. Uh, one that I found from long ago this old guy, I can't remember the guy's name now. Some of you could re- remind me. But he comes up to this young lady and he says, All right, the question is, what might you decide to talk about with a complete stranger? So you walk up on the street to someone and you're a complete stranger. And what would you, how would you start a conversation was basically the, the question. And she thought long and hard and she said, I guess mutual friends. Let that sink in a little bit. You come up to a complete stranger and the first thing you're going to talk about are your mutual friends. Anyway, the host went on and he actually, about five minutes later, just come, completely fell apart on the ground crying. He couldn't go any longer. It just kept coming back to him and he was laughing about it so hard. So as we talk today a little bit about Family Feud, you know, you got that game show in your mind. But we're going to talk more about what does it look like to, to not fight among ourselves. And that's vital. And I'm really, you know, I've got two groups today. I've got this young group that's in front of me today, and then I've got the church. And they're part of the church, too. But they're, uh, they're at a little different stage in life. So I'm going to try to kind of talk to both sides today as we work. So are there real family feuds? Are there people who, who fight? Remember the Hatfields and McCoys? I'm back from the, the southern part of the world, you know, like Tennessee area. You probably picked that up. And uh, that Hatfield and McCoy thing, is, it's a real deal. You can go to museums. And there was people that died over pigs, and it was weird, you know. But they got this big feud started that, that still probably has uh, some, some, some of that still going on today. Uh, everywhere around us. If you talk to friends at school, you'll find folks that say, well, I can't stand this group. In fact, if you've kept up with the news, we've had anti, uh, basically hate groups that are... Uh, protesting over in Virginia, I believe it is, and just a big mess over there. And it's because one group thinks they're, they know something that the other group doesn't or that they're better than that other group. Just a big mess. But luckily, that doesn't happen in the Christian sense, right? Oh, unfortunately, it is. Why? We'll, we'll talk about that here in a little bit. Philippians 4, 2. If you want to uh, turn in your Bibles to that, you're welcome to. But it's on the screen if you can read that. Looks like it's in pretty decent text there for you. Philippians 4, 2. I plead with Yodia and I plead with Syntyche to be of the same mind in the Lord. Yes, and I ask you, my true companion, help these women, since they have contended at my side in the cause of the gospel, along with Clement and the rest of my co-workers, 
whose names are in the book of life. Notice how Paul's talking here. He says, whose names are in the book of life. He includes everyone he just discussed as people whose names were in the book of life. These women were disagreeing over something. They were fighting about something. And he still included them as Christians that are honoring God, whose names are in the book of life. I think that's important for us to recognize that there are going to be people, maybe people in this room today, that disagree with each other on different matters. How do we, through the lens of Christ, find a way forward when we disagree, maybe very passionately about something? But why should Christians ever disagree, young people? Why would Christians ever disagree? Don't we have it all? We've talked at this youth rally about how we've got it made. We've got all the, the gifts that God gives us. We've got His Word. We've got His uh, commandments. Why would we ever disagree? It should be a perfect place, shouldn't it? The church should be the most safe place that we can go to. And I think in a lot of times it is, even with its disagreements. But even, I'm thinking on your level, kids at school, you're different. You don't get along necessarily because, you know, we have different likes. We have different interests. I play sports. They don't play sports. They hate sports. They love all this science stuff and I could do without that. You know, so some of those things, they separate us in a way. And if we allow it, that will completely drive a wedge between us. We have to recognize we can be different and still get along and love each other uh, in Christ. And even, even during the, in school. Adults, luckily, we're the smart ones, right? We've got it all figured out. We're teaching these little things out here, right? You've got it all figured out, so you're trying to teach them how to go about their lives and work and, and do good things in the church. So luckily, you don't have to deal with this. No, we do. And what is it? What's behind it all? And really, what? it's the fall, the sin that's entered the world. We're selfish. We're vain. We're, we can be rude. We can be arrogant. I've got all this figured out, and I'm going to impart my wisdom to the whole. And we want to go about things maybe in the wrong attitude. Maybe sometimes we do have knowledge that someone else lacks. How do we go about giving that to folks? How do we go about sharing that? Sometimes it's just because we, we feel so strongly about it. I, I want people to know about this because it's important. And they just don't seem to care. And this is, all that, this is what drives me. And you just turn your head towards it. And that's okay. We, we need to be passionate about things, but we need to understand maybe that's their, their gifting and they're very passionate about that one aspect of church life. And maybe you're not. And we, we need to learn to get along with those things. And guess what? We're just different. I'm just different. I see something very different than you do. Maybe it's how I was raised. Maybe it's the current place where I live and, and work. Maybe it's just me. I'm different. I'm a little quirky. I'm probably a little different than some of you. Uh, and I'm okay with that. We all need to be okay with, with who we are and, and being unified in Christ. Is it okay to disagree? And this is something I kind of would probably talk about for a longer period of time. But we can, be, we can disagree in the church about the color of the carpet, lighting, air conditioning, how the, uh, how the seats are arranged and, and different things. We can disagree about that. We may disagree about child rearing. Modesty. We might disagree about some matters that, that we would consider you know, really important to our theology. 
Do we love each other enough to see through those disagreements, to see the person who's giving you those words, to love them enough to listen to them? There was a talk that was given at, I think, early family camp. Some of you were there. And Craig Ford, he gave a talk about listening to each other. How many times in an argument have you already begun to form your defense? Or maybe let's not even call it an argument, a a discussion. We're discussing child rearing and you've already shut them out and you're already formulating all the thoughts in your head about what you're going to say. You're not even listening to the person. How can we expect to really be unified and, and share with each other if we don't listen to each other? And the Bible's got some neat ways, I think, to to combat this. So the question is, what are some ways in which we can avoid family feuds in God's kingdom? And then you would give the answer, and and the talk show host would say, and survey says, and they'd point to the thing, and it would roll over. I'm not going to do that. But the Bible does say, and that's what we're going to use today. The Bible says, and it's going to help us answer this question. So what are some ways in which we can avoid family feuds in God's kingdom? We can encourage each other. Today, you being here, young people, is an encouragement to those folks sitting back there. They see hope. They see the future in you. And you're like, what am I? I'm just a 12-year-old kid. I'm a 14-year-old kid. I'm a 16-year-old kid. I don't get anything right. I mess up all the time. By you being here and making a decision that this is important to you, you're encouraging those folks back there. I know it. I've been sitting where they are. Uh, me having a couple of kids from Lewistown, Montana, huge encouragement to me that they're here. First Thessalonians 4 says, But you, brothers and sisters, are not in darkness, so that this day should surprise you like a thief. You are all children of the light and children of the day. We do not belong to the night or to the darkness. And then verse down in verse 11, Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up, just as in fact you are doing. I'd encourage you, Belgrade, keep encouraging. You're doing a good job. You encourage me by supporting our work. You encourage me by hosting youth rallies like this that maybe we're not able to do just yet. So keep on encouraging each other and encourage the whole family of God all over the state, all over the world. I've heard of some neat stuff going on in uh, Chile, and uh, I know some just got back from Mexico. So thank you. Thank you for doing the work. You're encouraging each other. It's hard to, to encourage someone if you're not on good terms with that person. But it can be done. You can actually encourage someone, even if you're not seeing eye to eye. But more or less, you need to find a place where you can be on speaking terms, where you're working with that person one-on-one. You may not see everything in common. You may not see everything eye to eye. But try to get to where you have this place where you can encourage each other. You've got to work through the conflicts. One way in which I know you will not progress in this area, is to shut someone out and just ignore it. Uh, some of the couples that I've been able to marry, two folks, two different couples over the last year, and we sat down through premarital counseling uh, during those uh, prior to their marriages. And the one thing I talk about a lot is you've got to be open and honest with each other. Talk about what bothers you. Talk about what's important to you. Talk about your dreams and your hopes. And then you're able to really connect with that person and move forward. Hebrews 10, verse 23 and following. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. 
You know what it means to spur something? You're, you're, you're in the Montana. You know what spurs look like. You're going to spur a horse on? <laughs> you're going to jab it a little bit, aren't you? Got some uh, metal spurs and you kind of give it a little poke. And it's going to move. It's going to go forward. Spur each other on. When you see your brother or sister that's down, spur them on. If you need to use metal spurs, that's okay. Uh, cattle pride, maybe. You see the ones with a little electric button on them? Those work. They'll get folks moving. No, we want to we encourage folks. We want them to do good things. And so what do you do? You do like Chris does to me. You call up and you say, hey, you're doing good stuff. Keep doing it. We want you to keep on. We appreciate you. There's folks of you that are really good at that. And then there's folks that say, you know, I never think of it that way. It's, it's not something that really comes to mind. But notice there in Hebrews, he said, we must consider how to spur each other on. It doesn't come naturally. It doesn't. Well, some of you it does. I'll just say that much. But others of us, we have to consider it. We have to put thought behind it. We have to take time. We may have to sit down and write it out. This is what I'm going to do this week to encourage a brother or sister. You need to plan for it. Otherwise, what happens? Soccer and baseball and this and that and everything gets busy. And before you know it, we've kind of run out of energy and we've ran out of the week. And and there you go. Some of you know C.J. Reeves. C.J. is in Great Falls. He he actually is not as of right now. Oh, 11. Yeah, he's preaching right now in Lewistown, Montana. <laughs> Lord willing. If he hasn't, then then there was going to be some excitement in Lewistown. But uh, he's an encourager. When I see him, first of all, how many of you think he looks like The Rock? He looks just like The Rock to me, except he's about this tall. And uh, is he bald-headed? I can't remember, but he's got a lot of... You got a lot going on up here in terms of not hair. And, uh, but man, he is an encouragement. He is all, he's got this grin, cause that's, that's why he reminds me of the rock, I guess. He's got this big toothy grin, and he's smiling. He's, uh, he's a neat guy. I've been on the canoe trip with him and some other things, and he's, he said, Russell, I want to preach in Lewistown. I said, okay, lectureship. You're preaching Sunday morning. His eyes got big, although he was on the phone, but I could tell his eyes got big. And, uh, he's like, yeah, I'll do it. All right. He's like, you're putting me on the spot in front of, you know, 150 people. I said, yep, you're the man for it. I said, I want you to speak on encouragement because I knew he would be good at that. Twelve inches of snow fell that morning and, and CJ did not get to come for the lectureship. But Lord willing, he's preaching in Lewistown right now. He's an encouragement. I don't know him as in I've spent, you know, weeks and weeks with him. But just what I do know, he, he's, he's a guy that picks me up when I see him because of that big smile. What we do in the state here in Montana in the Churches of Christ is an encouragement. Even our Canadians, eh? Yeah, we appreciate them. They come down and hang out with us, and, and I really appreciate that. We're going to go see them maybe in October. Uh, my family's going to head up that way, possibly. So we'll try to spread a little encouragement up that way. So, what are we going to do to, uh, to avoid these conflicts in God's kingdom? Second answer, bear each other's burdens. Galatians 6, brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. We, I think sometimes we overlook that word. <laughs> They're sinful. I'm going to hammer them. No, you restore them gently. But watch yourselves, or you may also be tempted. Maybe you do it in an ungodly way, the way you present that. However, carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. How do we carry each other's burdens? Walk with someone when they admit sin. Instead of looking at that person like, oh, I can't believe they did that. You walk alongside them. Pull them over closer to you. They've repented. They've admitted that. 
pull them close, bear their burden. They're hurting terribly. For someone to get to that point to actually come out and confess sin, you know how that works. How many of you are very good at confessing your sin to each other? Some of you may be. Others of you are like, I'm not talking about that stuff. That's embarrassing. I'm shameful. Yeah, it is. So when someone opens up about that, you bear that burden with them. You tell them, I'm going to pray for you every day at 8 o'clock. I'm going to come over and I want to see you this week. You know, what are the ways that we can do that? I think one thing we can sit down with them and say, you know what? You confess this sin. I have struggled with that as well. Or I've struggled with this or I've struggled with that. Maybe there's some things that are inappropriate that you don't need to talk about. It's just a very private thing. But there may be things to say, you know what? I struggle with worry as well. I struggle with my mouth, my gossiping. Or I struggle with filthy talk. You know, different things that we might be able to say. I'm there with you. It's, it's, it's something when a cancer patient is sick for you to come up and say, boy, that must be terrible. It's something else for a cancer patient to come see another cancer patient and says, let me tell you, I've been where you are. And here's what I'm going to do for you. The sick need sometimes the sick to come to them to help them through a situation. Bear those burdens. Offer help. Maybe it's babysitting. Maybe they, their mind is so torn up, you just say, you know what, I'm going to come and I'm going to take your kids to the playground you can just have an hour alone by yourself just to, to relax and, and recover. Maybe it's the listen. Boy, I think that's the one we need to get to the most. Listen to someone when they're hurting. And then don't offer any advice. Unless they ask for it, they may just want you to listen to them. And you're bearing that burden. And when they leave, they may say, you know what? That was the best thing that you could have done. Thank you so much for just listening. So unless they ask for advice, maybe that first time or two, just listen to them. That's something else Craig Ford mentioned in his talk about uh, how to listen and, and maybe uh, be a service to someone. Next answer, don't judge. If we want to be a people that are united, that don't have these disagreements, don't judge each other. We're going to talk about a little bit the different ways that we can judge. When you look up at someone and they're coming in the back door with a battle axe and they're, you know, anyway... They've got their battle armor on. You're like, you know, I think that person would be great to take my kids uh, to the classroom and, and teach them today. And, you know, they're, they're scary looking. They've got weapons of uh, destruction on them. Okay, well, maybe you don't give your kid to that person, okay? But maybe you go talk to them. Uh, and then what else about judging with sin? That's where we're going to get into it is the sin aspect of it. Matthew 7 says don't judge or you're going to be judged. Somebody misses two services. Oh boy, they must be what? They must be, maybe they're sick? Maybe they've lost their faith. Some of us jump straight to that conclusion. They have forsaken God. I did not see them Sunday or Wednesday. I'm going to talk to the elders. What are they doing? You know, what's wrong with them? Well, maybe they're sick. Maybe they've been working. Maybe they went to Disney World. Hey, they're having a little bit of fun. We, we didn't want to tell anybody. I've got folks that like that. They like to sneak away and not tell anybody where they're going. They feel like they're getting away with something, I think. Um, okay, <laughs> when you get back, tell us all about it. Be careful about judging. We see someone crying on the front row. Oh, what sin have they committed? Oh, poor things. They have done terrible, terrible things. I, I, I bet I know what happened. I've already formulated a plan in my mind. We don't do that, right? The devil can tempt us to do that, can he? Well, I saw her, she's new, and there's no telling what she's done in her life. And she's up here repenting. Oh, the, the nerve. 
Well, what if she's just brokenhearted? What if that person's just touched by a song and, oh, oh, it's passionate, but they're on their knees crying almost because it was so emotional and they're worshiping God with all their heart. Be careful that we don't judge. And I'm talking to me too, right? I grew up sitting in these pews and I know exactly what it's like to let my mind start thinking, well, what if? Well, what about that? What about this? Be concerned about someone. If you saw them crying, come up to them afterwards and say, hey, wow, I was moved by you, you, you crying there. What's, is there anything I can do? Or you, you know, what's going on? Can I be of service to you? And let them talk to you about it. You ever seen anybody plug their ears during the singing? I thought about this one. I've seen little kids do it. It gets me pretty tickled, actually. Uh, when they, they're like, oh, it's, either it's really terrible or it's really loud. I don't know which. <laughs> but I've seen little kids stand up and do this. Um, lately, I've, I've been suffering with some cluster headaches. They're kind of like migraines, but they happen more often. And there's been a time or two where I've plugged my ear. Because it was really, my head was killing me. And if you saw me doing that, what would you think? You know, I thought about that. I was like, I would be like, what's that dude? He's plugging his ears. You don't even want to hear a Christian singing. No, maybe their head's killing them. (laughs) And uh, they're just trying to make it a little bit bearable so that they can get through the service and and continue on functioning. So that's opened my eyes to people that are in pain or hurting. Uh, And I thought, wow, have I judged before when I shouldn't have when I was doing something like that? What about put others first? These are like the basic tenets of the gospel, aren't they? Put others first. If you're going to be this unified bunch, if we're not going to fight among the the children of God, put each other first. Philippians 2, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. Not looking to your own interests, but but each of you to the interests of the others. It's really difficult to be upset at someone when you're trying to put them first. I know that from a marriage standpoint. If I am trying to, to bless my wife and be what I need to be for her, and I'm really upset at her, it's, it's hard to put her first. I've got to get that marriage and get myself to a point where I'm okay with just being with her and understanding that sometimes we're going to disagree on some things. Society tells you to value yourself above all others. That's what society tells you. Sometimes in just those words, other times in commercials, other times in whatever it might be. I think some of you are laughing about my point that I skipped. But yeah, some husbands have perfected giving their wife a gift that the husband really wants. (laughs) Uh, My wife did that last year, actually. She got me a kayak that I told her I didn't want. But she's like, well, but me and the kids really wanted it. You need a reminder of that next time you see her. But anyway, uh, they actually used it like three times before I ever even got to be in the thing. So uh, give her a a hard time when you see her. Just say, Russell said something about the kayak. Anyway, Um, Humility in action. I saw these young people. I didn't see them. I went home because I had a headache during that day. Uh, but I saw and heard reports about what these young people did to, to be humble, uh, washing floors, uh, sweeping, uh, planning the dirt. I don't know all the things that they did, but they worked hard during those service projects, and I appreciate that. Be about that every day. Find ways to humble yourself and do things for people that they need done. Lastly, love each other. 1 Peter 4, above all, love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. I've been guilty of that one flat out, I'll just be honest. Sometimes I'm like, well, they can come eat supper, but oh, I'll have to fix this and this and this. I can't take a nap. I grumble, I do. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. 
You need to have a love that's not contingent on what you get out of the relationship. Young people, listen to that. You want to have a love that's not contingent on what you get out of that relationship. We need to have a love like Christ had for us. In hospitality, I found this recently in some study. In the, in the way the wording was used years ago, hospitality wasn't come in and have pie and coffee. And that, that's wonderful. Do that. But hospitality back in that day, back in Christ's time, was you're traveling, you need a place to stay, you come stay with me. I will pay for it. I'll pay for your food. I'll take you in. You need clothes, I'm going to put clothes on your back. That's hospitality. Some of you are great at doing that. And it's a, it's a wonderful gift that you have. Are there any family feuds today? Are there people here today that are, that are struggling with this? You've got a brother or sister that's you're just not seeing eye to eye with. Have you sat down and really listened to them? Maybe you need to have a meeting where all you do is say, it's your turn to talk. And for the next half hour, 45 minutes, I will not speak. And maybe you leave that meeting without speaking. You just listen the whole time. And then you have another meeting, you do the same thing with the other party. Really listening to people. Finding out what's important to them, where they are. There may not be any disagreement here. But I think in a body as big as this, I know how I am. I know how sin can can permeate my heart and drag me down. Lingering division will not linger long before it blooms. If there's a divisive element, it, it doesn't stay that way long. I just recently, and I think this is, uh, we'll summarize after this. I heard of a brother. He put it on Facebook. He went to a congregation. They were partaking of the Lord's Supper, and the guy walks over, and he gets ready to, to do the communion talk, and he says, wait a minute, I can't do this. He said, I've got something between me and my physical brother. I think it was his actual brother. He said, I can't partake of this until I get this cleared up. And he confessed right there at the communion table about what was in between him and his brother. His brother comes up. <laughs> his brother comes up, and they confess to each other. They make it right. And they <clears throat> break communion together with each other. Isn't that awesome? They had this... And I thought, you know, that's something you, re- you make up and you put on Facebook. <laughs> but this was a real guy. I know who he was. And I tried to find his name last night. My mind, is, my mind failed me. But he, he, he was at this service. He saw it firsthand. It happens. They took care of that problem that stood between them at the communion table. <laughs> Sorry. <Woo. laughs> they let that pain and that anguish out so that they could be united in Christ. We need to have that attitude every day. That whatever it is that stands between us and someone in the body of Christ, we've got to get rid of that. It will kill love, encouragement, bearing each other's burdens, judging, and really loving somebody like we should. This morning, I, I give you that challenge. Is there someone here that's, that's bearing a burden with someone else that needs to let that go? That they need to work it out. They gotta, they gotta get through this. Maybe there's not. Maybe it's something in the past. Maybe it's something that you'll deal with in the future. Young people, pay attention. One day you'll have a disagreement with somebody if you've not already. Imagine that. You probably disagree with your mom and dad every once in a while, right? But one day you're gonna disagree with somebody in the body of Christ. 
Remember these things. Encourage each other. Bear each other's burdens. Don't judge. Put others first. And love deeply. If you're doing those things, there's no time for fighting. You're too busy. You're too busy showing love and showing the love of Christ. If there's anybody here this morning, and I'm assuming we make our invitation now, if there's anybody here this morning that needs Christ in any way, if you need to put him on in baptism, whatever it might be, there are men here that are wanting to help you to study, to work through those issues. If anybody has a need, please let it be known as we stand and sing.